Hello, everybody. What's happening? Welcome back to the next episode of Chuck Talks A Lot. I know I'm a couple days late from our normal recording time, but, you know, life and stuff like that. So anyway, welcome in. Welcome back. Welcome aboard. Uh, always is off the top real quick. Check out my man Carter God on Facebook and on Twitch. C-A-R-T-E-R-G-W-D. Give him a check, you know, give him a little shout out, check him out, give him a follow, uh, subscribe to his channel, all that good stuff, all the info's there if you go to his Facebook page. Again, he's the one that kind of hooked me up with all this awesome equipment, so I like giving him a shout out. Uh, always there to lend me a helping hand when I need an IT hand, because mine is terrible. Um, also, real quick before we dive into our stuff, I need to give a quick shout out, couple shout outs. First one, my alma mater, the Springfield Tigers. I was going to give a shout out on here to tell everybody to go and vote for them to get game of the week. I was a little late since, you know, podcast is coming out now here on Thursday. But the good news is they did win. So the Springfield Tigers against Jack Jackson Milton will be the game of the week, which is voted on on clevelandbrowns.com. And uh, hey, they won. So they are the game of the week. I don't know exactly what all they get from that uh, and all that. But I believe uh, the Browns send some representatives out to the school. They cover the game. All that good stuff. So so uh, for some more info on that, go to clevelandbrowns.com. But awesome job for the Tigers. Uh, very proud of, you know, my old school getting it done and uh, hoping to try to get a back-to-back -back trip to state. So uh, uh, giving my good vibes out to them. And also, uh, as far as the school I do cover currently, not my alma mater, uh, West Branch. Tomorrow, this Friday, the West Branch Warriors will take on Canton South. Both teams 5-0. and They're going forward to see who wins the EBC. So... If you want to check out that game, if you can't make it to attendance, go to YSNlive.com. I will be doing the play-by-play -play online. Check that game out. It's going to be a good one. Going to be an awesome game. Two 5-0 teams duking it out. That should be quite the spectacle. So if you want to stop by, be entertained, check it out. Be happy to uh, guide you along in that game. So with all that good stuff out of the way, let me just bring in my partner in crime, my compadre here actually two of them i should say because we're bringing in the one and only john billack and of course we'll be joined by miles the official dog of chuck talks a lot john how are you and miles doing over there we're hanging in there yeah like you said it's it's been a week for for sure um miles is doing all right he's uh he's he's making his bed nice and cozy right now i think he's about to crash which oh cool which will be helpful which will be helpful for us um but please, uh, please be warned that you still may hear some some puppy noises again this week. Yeah, well, I actually got some positive feedback on the Miles announcements. <laughs> so uh, I heard some people asking if we actually set it up because it seemed like some of the timing of those barks were just too good. So oh, it was uh, yeah, it was classic. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if he does uh, chime in, apparently he's already gaining some fans. So. Uh, he's a puppy, man. He, he he's got fans everywhere that he doesn't even know. That's a good job out of him, no doubt about it. So. Um, before the sports take, the first thing I have, this is a random question. I know you're not going to be prepared for this, but I just need to know this. Are milkshake machines at fast food places made extremely cheap or are they so complex and scientific that they just can't keep them running? Because a milkshake machine being down when you go through a drive-thru might be the saddest words anyone can say to you when your sole purpose to go there was to just get a chocolate milkshake to make you feel good about yourself. Uh, I have to imagine it's the, the cheap manufacturing. Um, let's be real. They're, 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 they're spending way more of their money on, on whatever other equipment they may or may not use on a daily basis. Um, 
I can't imagine a uh, milkshake unless it's a, a like like a steak and shake, for example. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm glad Miles yeah, picked I, up the loudest toy he's got. Like that's what I'm glad yeah. about there. <laughs> I tried to put all the squeakies away, man. I'm sorry. That's all right. Don't um, worry, but that was just fantastic. Anyway. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I have to imagine it's cheap equipment. That's that's. I no, mean, or or a, a, a operator error. Um, just they, <laughs> yeah. they, there's. They're so worried about making cheeseburgers and fries that they uh, they, they just skip over milkshake training. <laughs> yeah, they just neglected that in the first day of training. I don't know. I'm just – man, when you go through the whole purpose of, man, you know what? I just feel like having a milkshake, man. I just want a milkshake. I don't know why, but my body tells me to get one. And then you were like, yeah, I'll have just you know one large chocolate shake. Oh, I'm sorry. Our machine's down. You're like, what the hell? It's a milkshake machine. It's, did anyway. this happen recently? Yeah, it did. It did. That's that's, <laughs> that's what's bringing out the sour side of me right now as it comes to milkshake machines is this happened to me a few days ago and I was super depressed and upset about it. So uh, I just, it has, it you know, it's been a hell of a week then. It is. I know we've had some challenging things go on this week. Uh, not to be left out is milkshake machines being down. But, um, you know, we were originally going to do this podcast on Tuesday we had some things didn't work out. We were going to try to do it yesterday. Didn't work out. So I had a little bit different layout. <laughs> you know, there was plans to be doing this recording as we were watching the Indians game. Uh, and here we are. Obviously, there's no Indians game tonight, and we all know why. So before we even dig into that and we both become old, grumpy curmudgeons, we're going to start with good news, and we'll work our way to the bad news more towards the end of the uh, podcast. But we're going to start out here with, with some good news. So... As it pertains to sports news, my nephew, Kaysen, one Kaysen Weaver, who I've been brought up on many a podcast. We've heard a lot about Kaysen. Uh, Kaysen's been uh, doing his cross-country thing, been killing it. We've made it out to several meets. We try to make it there anytime we can. Um, even though we drive an hour to watch him run for 15 minutes, well worth it. And we went there yesterday. We made the drive. We made it out there to watch Kaysen run. And it was a chilly day, pretty cool out there. All these kids out there still on their tank tops and shorts, so I got to give them credit there. But uh, anyway, uh, the, the big news of the day is Kaysen, not only did he just kill it and run like I know he can, he came in first place. Kaysen came in first place. That is amazing. I'm so extremely proud of this kid. Watch I was him. waiting for the horn. Yeah, the, you had right, exactly. You got to throw in the party horn for that. Like, not only did he come in first place, I don't even know if the kid that was in second place has even finished yet. That's how far away. That's how far he was. <laughs> That's how far ahead he was. It was fantastic to watch him just absolutely crush it. We were all out there cheering him on, uh, and I just it was so proud. Uh, he almost got uh, a new PR. He fell just a little short of that. But, I mean, in, in, impressive run. The pace he had was great, obviously, because everyone else was just looking at the back of his jersey for just over 13 minutes. So I uh, just had to say, you know, great job, Kaysen. Uh So proud of you. Uh, can't wait to watch more stuff. But just absolutely incredible uh, to see him absolutely dominate uh, the meet out there. So, Kaysen. As we like to say around here on this podcast, it's a good job out of you. It's a great job out of you. Yeah. yeah the, uh, when you guys told me his time, I was like, well, that was probably the best time I probably could have ever run at, at my peak. And <laughs> my peak my peak athleticism was probably about 20, 20 years old, give or take. Right. 
right? So yeah, so he's uh, off to a good him. start. Good for him at his age. He's he's going to be crushing some uh, some some records for sure. Yeah. So Kaysen, nice work, man. Super proud of you. Keep it up. I mean, you know what? You came in first place. One more time. You get another horn because that's just fantastic. So uh, good job. Um, all right. So as I said, we want to start off with the good news. That means we're going to start off with the Browns. Again, I know we're a little late, so we won't. I won't harp a lot on the game when we beat the Washington football team. We'll kind of try to more lean into the preview of Sunday's game against the Cowboys. So a couple points, though. Browns, two wins in a row. Overall, they're two and one. First time in six years since they've had a over 500 record. I know it's early on, but whatever. That's just the case. It is what it is. Um, and I just want to touch on this, and then I'm going to ask John. No, I'm going to ask you first because this will kind of take probably both of us on to a, a whole different spectrum. So out of the Washington game, what did you think? What was your overall? I mean, I know we're kind of we're getting close to being a week removed now, but uh, I know we have very fond memories because it was a win. Uh, what did you take out of it, if anything, in particular? Um, they utilized the running game to set up the pass. And um, a couple of comments I've heard this week from from other uh, like personalities, the media, stuff like that. They 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 didn't overthink themselves. They didn't go out of their game plan because their coach was inept. They stuck to the plan. They it, the adult was running the room, so to speak. And, uh, <laughs> I like that. And and that's that's exactly. I mean, granted, they 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 played a game they should have won. And they won. And that's exactly how it needs to go. And that's exactly how Kevin Stefanski needs to run the team. That's how Baker Mayfield needs to play. And You know, it, it, it all came together the way it was supposed to. Yeah, I couldn't agree with any of that anymore. And you're right. So, that, I mean, you kind of ended that in a perfect way. Uh, first of all, I'll just say I, I second everything John just said. Everything that came out of that game was exactly that. And that's what we're hoping to build to st- Let's play like that every game. Not that you're going to win every game, but we can we at least do those things and play that way every game uh, is the absolute goal. So I guess what I want to get to here is, is what I was going to do on, I know we'll have to talk about this for a second, is I have to get to a point in my, first of all, I probably need to go to a doctor and have get checked for my moderate to severe fandom, okay? Like, I need to have that checked out. <laughs> um, is... I think I just need to find a way, and maybe I need some help from you. Uh, maybe I need some help from the lovely and talented Jen. Uh, I need to just give up on sad sack Browns fan. All right? And the reason why I say that is I don't want to just do the same show over and over again. You know, we complain about these guys that are like, hey, update. I got an up- update on the OBJ trade. Uh, he's not being traded. So th- they like repeat the same content just to have content. So no, I don't stop you real quick. Go ahead. Are you, are you saying stop the sad Browns fan as in stop talking about him or you need to stop any of your behavior that leads you to believe you are sad Browns fan? I need, thank you to clarify. I need to stop talking about sad sack Browns fan. I, okay. I okay. feel like I do too much on here where I, I come on and I talk about how all the sad sack Browns fans say all of this, you know, X, Y, and Z, and then right. I sit here to tell you why they're wrong, right? Right. I know that there's a time and a place, and I'm not saying I should just never talk about it, but I think it's something I need to table for a while and just not bring up anymore because I don't want to beat that dead horse. So I think I have to just start pretending they don't exist. If I want to have my tr- Twitter arguments with them, I'll go ahead and do that, but I need to save it for that and maybe just not talk about it on here uh, quite as much because 
like to your point, you just said we beat a team we were supposed to beat, right? And right, that's what you're supposed to do as a team. That's what we did. But yet, all I keep hearing is, well, who'd we beat? We beat the Bengals. Uh, we beat the Redskins. I'm sorry, we beat the Washington football team. That's all it is. Well, let me ask you this. For everybody out there who has that type of, I don't know, attitude, whatever you want to say, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are currently 3-0. and If I were to ask those same people, if I said, hey, I know the Browns haven't beat anybody really good, but the Steelers are 3-0. and Like, do you think the Steelers are good? Like, what's the most common response you're going to get? If I said, do you think the Steelers are better than the Browns? What, what Everyone's going to tell me, yeah, right? Like, Yeah, for sure. But, and if you ask them who do the Steelers beat, they probably couldn't even tell you. They would just say, well, they're 3-0. They're and So the three teams that the Steelers have beat, combined, they have exactly zero wins. Zero. They haven't beat a team that has won a game yet this year. So I just hate that narrative. Every team is good. <laughs> everybody's a hard game. I understand some teams are better than others, but you beat them. Why make that negative? You won. It's just amazing that the Browns are 2-1 and one and somehow sad sack Browns fan still finds a way to make that not that good, not that great. So I wanted to get your feelings on that. Do I just need to table sad sack Browns fan, put it up here on the shelf and just leave it there for just certain special occasions and just quit, be, you know, quit beating that dead horse? Is that the right move? It, it's... I mean, it, it'd be difficult to, to, to get rid of it entirely because they're just everywhere. <laughs> That's um, very true. But, I mean, we shouldn't let it take any more space in, in our heads and on the show than it needs to. Um, we, we do this, you and I have talked, we do this for fun. Right. And talking about those people makes it not fun. <laughs> I know, I know it's, 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 it's healthy to vent a little bit here and there. Yeah. Um, and, and healthy to get our points across to people who actually will listen. And it's not like we're yelling at a wall. Um, so I get it. it. It's, it's just human nature to want to vent about it. So I think, I think we'll, we'll be able to strike a good balance. Okay. Well, good. I just, I got, I just got to thinking about it as I was actually prepping for this show a few days ago and I was putting together some thoughts, just writing them down on paper, which by the way, I took your, this is all coming from John here. This was John's advice to me that I should write these things down versus maybe jot them in my phone or just try to remember them. I've started doing that and I got to say, I like it. I like Bam. it. That's, so I've, I've been doing it. So as I was jotting some stuff down in that way, I thought to myself, man, I feel like I'm starting to do the same thing too much. I'm starting to, I mean, in one hand, I'm just defending my Browns, which is what I will do to the death. I mean, it's just it's what it's what I do. But uh, so anyway, yeah, I just wanted to get your feelings on that. But with that being said, there is a segment of the show that we have discussed that we wanted to start doing. And I think this is a perfect time to do it. Since we're talking about sad sack Browns fan at the moment, which we are not, we like to talk about those type of people and the kind of takes that they bring to the table and that you have to deal with in a conversation. We like to call those, that's old Cleveland. That's old Cleveland. We aren't old Cleveland. We're new Cleveland. We're positive Cleveland. We're right. optimistic, glass half full Cleveland. So John brought to well, me that- let's wait until we talk about the Indians, but yeah. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put that to the side till then, yeah. But at least we have good reason at that point. We'll have a, a sufficient reason to be down on somebody right now. But so as we talk about old Cleveland, me and John had mentioned that we, John definitely brought to my attention. He has a good idea here. He's got some old Cleveland takes 
and stuff that just comes up in day-to-day conversation or whatever it is, doesn't matter, just however it comes up. So we're gonna add this to the show every week. We're gonna have the old Cleveland take of the week. And this is John's deal. I'm leaving it up to him. So John, right now, since we're talking about Sad Sack Browns fan, which I consider to be old Cleveland, let's get into the old Cleveland take of the week. Yeah, so um, the the I've got a couple in mind, but the one I wanted to touch on, um, I'm not gonna name names. I'm not going to drop shows or anything like that. Um, but I had heard on the radio uh, after the Indians game one loss on Tuesday night. So on Wednesday morning, listening to Cleveland Sports Radio, um, they kept teasing this this discussion that Frankie Lindor didn't speak to the media after the game. I'm going to try to keep this brief as much as I can, but I want to make sure I provide context. But they were wondering why they kept saying, well, we'll find out why Frankie Lindor didn't talk to the media after the game. And, you know, that's sort of the setup, right? Oh, like, sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's there's something they want to they want to hit home here. <laughs> so they get the uh, they get the Indians beat writer on to ask him and say, hey, you know, what was the deal? Why didn't Frankie meet with the media? And the beat writer responded, um, I, maybe he wasn't asked because we're in a covid world. Um, a lot of these pressers are more so by request now. They have to be in front of a Zoom call or, or Skype or whatever. They have to be specifically requested by the writers so that they can interview these players post-game. They can't go up to their lockers anymore. They can't set up this little uh, press conference room in the locker room. So his response was, well, I, did, I don't remember anybody asking to speak with him. But then here's the, the Cleveland take of the week. <laughs> They continue to bury the point home and say, well, I think that that's just poor accountability on his part. He's the leader of the team. He's the face of the franchise. Why couldn't he speak to the media after a poor performance? Just after the beat writer had answered the question. So that the, Classic. The, Cleveland, the Cleveland take of the week is, we didn't like the answer you gave us. We're going to try to get the answer we want, regardless of your response. So we will just continue to beat our narrative yeah. into so, your face. Yeah. So that that was just a, an old Cleveland move. That was. It, it's just sort of like we had all these. We had. We wanted to drum up callers. We wanted to get tweets out there. We wanted to take polls. We wanted to do all these things to drum up negative attention or just attention. And we were kind of burned right off the rip, but we just couldn't let it go. Right. And it's like yeah, just just accept the response and then carry on the conversation right well that's awesome that you brought that up because like you said not to call out any show but i and look john and i did not talk about this beforehand i had no idea what he was going to say i also heard that exact phone call and that exact same you're talking i heard it i absolutely heard it and it was driven home even more so um today as well uh because frankie was going to talk to the media later on today which he did I don't know if you saw that. I haven't seen or heard anything today, and, and we'll get to that in a little yeah, bit. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll get to that when we get to our Indian segment. But I will say, uh, I just read some quotes that Frankie said in there. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. So we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, we'll wrap up. Our, let's go back to our Browns talk real quick. Uh, so, by the way, anybody out there, uh, as I mentioned every week, you can find me on Twitter at ChuckGoBrowns, Facebook, Chuck Talks a lot, uh, ChuckTalksALot at gmail.com. If you got your own old Cleveland takes, of the week. Send them in. We get some good ones. We'll put yours on. 
You know what I mean? Let's let's if you got your own maybe one that you have an opinion on, or maybe you're one of the people that probably says some of the stuff we talk about. You can give us your old Cleveland take. We'll be happy to use it as well. So, so I have I have the honorable mention. The other one I wanted to, to bring up. <laughs> oh, the honorable seg- mention. I like that. And this will segue into into. I, I think you said you were going to go back to the Browns for yeah for a, a preview this weekend. Um, uh, after the game, listening to some Browns talk. They kind of how we expressed about the, the Washington game. They, they played the way they were supposed to. They played the game how they were supposed to and, and the ways they needed to to beat Washington. Um, a lot of praise. And then the host of the show, not to be named, um, said, but that's not how you're going to win games in the NFL on a consistent basis. So very quick to dismiss a what? strong game plan and an effective game plan at that. Uh, they were very well. This is a passing league, and and you're going to have to, you know, Baker Mayfield can't throw for 160 yards, and, and you expect you can win 10, 11 games and get into the playoffs on that kind of strategy. It's a passing league. You blah 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 blah. Like, wow, that was a quick 180 on that one. Yeah, that didn't take long to just be like, but never mind. I know you won, but never mind. You didn't win, you know, good enough or in the way I think you should. You didn't win the way that the league wins. Sure. As as a, uh, on average, or as uh, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, old Cleveland uh, well, uh, strikes again. <laughs> that one's even worse. It makes me more mad. But it does lead me right into what I want to say, though. Like, so you had mentioned the way the game was played, the way it was called, and that is you actually perfect as what you just said. So obviously they're referring to Baker and not throwing a lot. So what I one of the things I loved about that game, and I I can't wait to see that lead into this game, is if you go back to uh, before the season started. Kevin Stefanski was asked about like, you know, of course they try to, you know, how many games do you think you're going to win? That sort of was the conversation. And he had mentioned in there about how, you know what, after our first four games, we'll see what we got. Like that was his response. He, he, as most coaches do, they break the season down into the quarters, right? Into four quarters. So after the quarter part of the season, I think leading up to this point here, where you see that obviously the coaching has improved. And all-around game management, play calling, all of that has drastically improved from what we watched a year ago. So it's very evident here that Stefanski is just – he's spoon-feeding Baker and taking his time with him, which, as you said, old Cleveland fan isn't happy with it. They want him throwing 40 times a game for 400 yards. I guess even if we lose, it doesn't matter. At least our quarterback threw for 400 yards. I don't don't know what the – exactly the thought process is there. But if you're – Got a quarterback who has had four head coaches in three years and now in his third different offense. He can't do, like, no one takes into consideration. They want him to be Patrick Mahomes, which, by the way, Patrick Mahomes sat out for an entire season before he ever had to try to start a game. And then he also has Andy Reid. We didn't have any of those luxuries. So quit acting like if we had Mahomes or Lamar Jackson that they would be doing the same thing in our situation. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. Lamar Jackson went into a situation where the same head coach has been at that team for a dozen years. Uh, He's had him now there with him since the day he got there, and they were able to absolutely take their time and cater it to turn Lamar into what he is currently, which is a guy who loses in a big game. But (laughs) if... (laughs) um, So anyway, they're handling... Baker almost like he's a rookie and you're, you it's not that they have to do that all season. I don't think they will have to do that all season, but you're going to do it now because it leads to success. You lean on your running game. You lean on short passes, easier, just 
management, easy play calls, strategy, all of that. And then so that way, as you progress, maybe by week seven, it gets more and more. You got a guy learning his third offense in as many years, and they had no preseason to get ready for it. So quit acting like winning isn't good. We won, it's good. And I'll close this out on the Baker thing, and then we're going to move on to the preview is, just to give you an idea, the first three games of their third year, this being Baker's third year, through his first three games, he has thrown for 564 yards, five touchdowns, two picks. He has a QBR of 78.9. The last two MVPs, which were Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, their QBRs were in the low 80s. So he's right on par with their QBR, albeit a short sample size. I get it, but 564 yards, five TDs, two picks. Ben Roethlisberger's third year through three games, threw for 569 yards, zero touchdowns, seven picks, and had a 27.9 QBR, which is the same right now as Sam Darnold and Dwayne Haskins. Yikes. So what I want you to take from that, there's a couple things you can take from that. I'm not just comparing Baker and Ben. What I'm saying is after the third game of your third season, it does not determine who you are as a player or a quarterback. Could you imagine if we had Big Ben here in his third year and this is what he did? Can you imagine right now if Baker had zero touchdowns and seven picks? Whoever the backup would be is is there he's the most popular guy in town. Absolutely. He, I mean, people still are calling for our backup right now with what we do have. And if Ben Roethlisberger was here and this is what he did, they would have been ready to ship him out of town. Look what Ben Roethlisberger has become. I know we all he's become somebody I hate with every ounce of my being, but he's also become one of the best quarterbacks in the league for the past what feels like forever so all i'm saying is quit looking for the instant gratification that's all let's yeah go through this yeah and and you're with that subject you kind of teed me up for the other segment i wanted to bring on to the show um because this is this is just perfect uh transition um i don't know if you're prepared for this and and we didn't really touch on it enough but i want to bring in the obscure stat of the week as well yes that's right that was another uh, perfect time where i've just rattled off a bunch of stats let's get to some obscure ones so here's here's my obscure stat of the week and we because i want to try to keep this as cleveland related as possible at least to a certain extent um we discussed baker mayfield's performance in the past two games so he threw 46 passes in the past two games resulted in two wins right right okay so far through three weeks of this season the 48 games that have been played so far in the NFL, there have been 10 games, 10 instances where a quarterback threw at least 46 passes in one game. Can you guess the record of those quarterbacks or of those performances in those 10, 10 instances right. of throwing 46 pass or more passes in a single game? I'm going to go, I, cause I can think of one right off the top of my head, I'm trying to rattle off the other quarterbacks who probably did it in my head. I know it's not a lot, so I don't want to be ridiculous and just say something. But I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say three wins. Yeah, you're right on. Yeah. Uh, they, okay. They're three, six, and one, and those and one. 10, 10 instances, and the three winning quarterbacks, Josh Allen, threw forty six passes in Week One, a twenty seven to seventeen win against the Jets, which they Ooh. led by I think as many as twenty one throughout that game. Why you're throwing 46 passes in that game when you're leading the entire time, I'll never know. But whatever. it was. A and win. you're playing the Jets who are. And you're playing. Yeah, right. It, it, whatever. 
Um, Dak Prescott did it in week two. He threw 47 passes in a win, and he needed every single one of them because that was that shootout against Atlanta. Yep. Um, so he, I get it. And Mahomes did it in week two as well against the Chargers. And again, he needed every one of those passes because they had to go to overtime. They had to come back and win. Um, but the two highest totals this this season so far, Joe Burrow threw 61 passes against the Browns in that <laughs> Thursday night game. That I is mean, insane, man. Like, like I just said, Baker Mayfield threw 46 passes in two games and won both of them. Joe Burrow threw 61 in one game and they couldn't even win. So, uh, and then Dak Prescott, we can transition this. Yeah. Um, uh, he threw 57 passes this past week against Seattle. And again, he needed every one of those passes, but they still lost the game. And now I want to carry that. That's the obscure stat of the week is, is you throwing that many passes <laughs> right. and you're not winning and you're not winning. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. <laughs> well, I love that stat. So I want to touch on this Dak Prescott thing, and and I didn't want I I resisted chirping about it this week because I already chirped enough about Ohio State to you. Um, <laughs> yeah. But now we know Ezekiel Elliott is the the Cowboys' star running back. Um, if you have Ezekiel Elliott on your team, why is your quarterback throwing forty seven and fifty seven passes in a game? <laughs> right. So that's kind of how I want to transition into the preview this week is. What is going on in Dallas that they're they're paying Ezekiel Elliott ridiculous amount of money for a running back, and they're still having Prescott throw the ball fifty plus times a game? And they won't uh, pay him, by the way. They won't pay him, and their their record they're coming into this game with a record of one and two. Now I understand they just lost to Seattle, and and that's you know Seattle's an elite team in the NFL these days, and but I mean is. Mike McCarthy doing something that I don't know, man. I'm just well, I'm I'm curious on that now. Now it also scares me a little bit because the Browns secondary and defense is very, very, very susceptible to the passing game. Yes. Um but again, if you have a star running back like Ezekiel Elliott and, and I, I think his he's on the downside already of his career because why else would they move away from him so quickly? Well, I think two things there. Like you, first of all, you mentioned that the Cowboys are one and two. They're also the most craziest onside kick you've ever seen in your life, away from zero and three. Exactly. Good point. That's a great. Point. I mean, that's the first thing. But the second thing is, you know, you think about uh, the Cowboys also spent their very first pick this past year on Ceedee Lamb, wide receiver. There you uh, go. So they got him out there. So I mean, their receiving core is also ridiculous. But you're right. Right. You know, Ezekiel Elliott is a running back who gets better as the game goes, and he gets better, you know, once he has 10, 11, 12 carries. That's when he starts to get at his best because, of course, you're just weighing on the defense. And he's big, fast, strong guy, and he starts to wear you down. But uh, he's not getting that opportunity right now because it is just – it's Dak, Dak Prescott firing the ball almost every – I mean, I don't even know how many carries Zeke had last game. I think it was maybe 12, if that. I don't even know if he had that. I, I remember seeing it. I know it was obscure because he only had like 30 yards or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I just – I got blown away by Prescott's passing totals. And I was like – I mean, yeah, he's throwing a lot of yards and, and he's trying to put the team on his back and he's got a great receiving core. But, I mean, you invested a lot of money in, in Zeke and, and yeah. it doesn't seem like that money's give, going to good use. Well, you're right, and I also wonder. Th I don't. This just hit me in the face. So you think about this when you think, especially when you think about 
uh, somebody like Jerry Jones, you know how every league becomes a copycat league, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. as soon as the Golden State Warriors got good, everybody just said, okay, we don't care about defense. Actually, we don't care about anything. All we care about is shooting three-pointers because we think okay. that's how we win, right? So they changed. They tried to change all that. Is this a, a product of Jerry Jones watching what Patrick Mahomes and the, and the Kansas City Chiefs did? And he's just like, we're going to be that. Like, that's what we are now. We just throw the ball every time because Dak Prescott's going to be Patrick Mahomes. I, that's just a thought that just jumped in my head. I have no idea if that's even feasible, but it kind of seems like maybe that's it. Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. Yeah. I mean, I, even that though sounds, that sounds exactly like Jerry Jones. <laughs> exactly. That's, I said, this is the perfect guy. The, the gold, yeah. The golden child in, in the NFL right now is Patrick Mahomes. So what, what do you have to do is, is you have to get a guy who's the next golden child and let's just try to copy that. Yeah. And rather than, you know, just try to win football games, but right. you're right. That would be the guy that would do that. So, uh, I am excited about this game. I will say this, as I mentioned, I am not sad sack Browns fan. I am always positive Browns fan. I think every year, every year, I'm like, here we go, baby. Here we go. This is the year. Well, I have a little bit more reason to believe it right now. We are two mm -hmm. and one, two and one, and we're playing well. We have the best running back in football right now. Okay, if you have an art, that's fight me. I don't care. Nick Chubb's the best. <laughs> Nick Chubb's the best running back in football. Um, we have what seems to be a coach that actually wraps their head around what we're doing here. And so I'm all in, all over again. Here we go again, John, another year. That's right. Here we <laughs> go again. Brownies, I just, hold on, I need more. I'm so jacked up for Sunday. I can't wait. You know, there's one downfall to football season, and it's that I wish away my weekend. <laughs> because, yeah. I, I mean, I really do. I really, really do. Um, I wish it away so much, I actually took tomorrow off because I'm just that ready oh, for wow. Sunday. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, I also have to get ready for that big game call tomorrow night, so I had to prep myself. But um, uh, I just got to say that I am super pumped about the game. I, but As you already mentioned, the Browns' secondary is more than suspect. Uh, I think Greedy Williams is going to be back. I don't think that means he's going to start, but he's going to be back on the field. I also think Mac Wilson, from the way it sounds, Mac Wilson's going to be on the field this week. Uh, again, I don't know how many snaps, uh, but he's going to be on the field. So that gives a little bit of help to the back seven because what I'm not about worried Denzel about Ward. Den I think Denzel Ward's also going to play. Okay. It sounds like he's going to play. I know he was he was uh, uh, hit and miss throughout the week. Right. He definitely was, but it sounds like he's going to play. So if that's the case, if we can have those guys out there that really helps out the back seven, uh, you know, of the defense, I'm not worried about the front four. We have Miles Garrett, which by the way, for those of all you out there don't want to appreciate Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is the truth. This dude is unbelievable. I, I got into a huge debate with a guy on Twitter at, and John, I used your, your stats, how, you know, cause I had, texted John and said, "This guy, I'm in this argument with this guy trying to tell me Miles Garrett isn't living up to the hype, blah, 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 blah. As then John was able to shoot me the numbers of whatever it was. He's averaging, uh, he's on pace to average uh, like 11 strip sacks and 16 sacks, 11 forced fumbles and 16 sacks, I think is what you had said. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So I gave that to the guy. 
And well, actually, when, when you sent it to me, I immediately thought to myself, oh yeah, I just did the math. Like, okay, yeah, that's right. He's got this many, blah, blah. I sent that to the guy and he kind of rebuttaled, he kind of backpedaled a little bit. And then he came with the, uh, well, I hope your math is right. I said, well, we've only played three games, man. So if you can't do the math, I don't know what to tell you. But anyway. Okay. I think the, the, the strip sack or the forced fumbles, excuse me, comes out to like 10.7. So, right, I mean, so. Yeah, you know, he may have been, he may have had a point. <laughs> So uh, I think going into this game, uh, I'm extremely confident uh, in the Browns able to perform here. And some of that relies on the fact that the Cowboys defense is also garbage. I mean, it is bad. Their defense yeah. is the same as our defense. I mean, well, it's, it's they've bad. given up 39 and 38 points in each of the last two weeks. So, yeah, um, they're right on par with us for sure. Yeah, they're right on par with us. I mean, again, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to talk up our defense. It's been very poor other than. The, the, the front four has been extremely strong. Uh, they, they're doing their part. So I hope that, you know, look, if if Dak's going to drop back and pass 60 times, I, I think we should be able to get to him a handful of times, get some of those sacks. And if we don't get the sacks, get to him to force the interception and the turnovers because that's where all of our plays in the secondary have come so far. It's solely coming from the pressure we're getting up front. It's not like it's right. coming from much of anything else. It's really all on – Miles Garrett and Sheldon Richardson, who's playing as absolute out of his mind. Uh, so, anyway, that's my feel on the game. I look forward to us. I think we're going to pass more this game than we've seen to this point. I think Baker has more attempts in this game uh, than he has had in any game to this point. I think he's going to probably attempt. I bet you he attempts close to thirty passes this game. <laughs> that's that's just just a feeling, but. Uh, anyway, that's my feel on the game. I think it just all comes down to us getting to Dak. I, th I think we will contain Zeke just fine, just because of I don't think he's going to get the carries. I think our front four is good enough. Uh, it's just mainly going to come to defending the pass, and I'm confident in that. So, I mean, in the short of it, that's kind of how I look at that game coming up. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I, I think it's a good test early on because, you know, we're riding high on a two-game win streak, at, and to, to the other points – um, they were against weaker opponents. So this one is, it seems like it might be right on par. If, if, I mean, don't tell that to ESPN. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think that as it sits now, um, this is a pretty evenly matched game. Um, yeah. I think that the, it, yeah, it, I don't know how else I could say it. So, I think it's a good test, and, and if they can deliver, especially on the road. Now, I know, uh, um, you know, the fan experience is very minimal, but if they can travel down to, to, to Dallas and, and get a win out of there, especially, you know, against this kind of team, um, I think that propels them forward in, in a very, very positive way because the schedule doesn't get easier for a few weeks. So yeah, um, I, I think it'd be a great confidence builder and uh, – I, I, I'm excited to watch it just because of that alone. Like, I, I don't have a great feel for it. Um, I, I don't know whether they should win or lose. I, I just, I think it's a great test, and I'm, I'm just very anxious to see them actually, uh, to actually, you know, go against a team that, that, that is, is on paper a, a, a very similar team. Yeah, I agree. And I had that conversation with at work today with the guy and I was just like, he was asking me what I thought about it. And I said exactly that. I said, it's a great, great test right now to just see where we're at, see where we've come. Uh, we won games that we're supposed to win. That's in Brown's history. 
that's not exactly something we do. Um, and I just think this will be a great way to see where we're at as a football team, where we're progressing and what we do. And that, you're right. I'm super excited about that as well to see where we're at. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's where I'm, obviously we'll get to our picks here in a minute because we're going to move on to that right now. We're going to get to our picks from last week and where we stand on, on our season totals. I got to say, I'm starting to get a little ashamed of myself, but that's another uh, topic. Oh yeah, they're not the best. But first things first, I got to have credit where credit is due. And that's to you, John. I come up with a new nickname for you. You are not Nostradamus. You are Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the reason I say that is because two things John did uh, last week. If, if, if you listened last week, uh, you maybe you already know this or maybe you didn't notice it. John, first of all, predicted that this was the week that Joe Burrow was going to get knocked silly. And it happened. You said when we were going over our picks and you picked the Eagles to win that game, you said that he's been hit so many times and this is the week it finally catches up to him. And you were right. Now, granted, he finished the game, but if anyone, if you're listening to this right now and you haven't seen the Joe Burrow hit that he took, Google it right now. YouTube it, whatever. Because how that guy got up and finished the game, not only finished the game, but played well. Uh, it's it was amazing that he even stood after that. But yeah, he's a t- he's a tough dude. I'll give him all that credit in the world. But yeah, I mean, you, if you want a long career and a successful career in the NFL, um, you got to learn when to say when. And, yeah, exactly. I mean, and he's I mean, not doing if, that if, yet. If guys like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady had taken the hits the way that Bur- Burrow's already taken, I mean, God only knows where their careers would have gone. I mean, you see Andrew Luck's a prime example. Guy yeah. just, he just t- he just takes hits and he retired after his eighth season. Like, yep, it's just it, it, it's it's an unfortunate reality, and I'm sure he'll learn. You know, he's he's a smart enough kid, it seems. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, he seems like he's going to be a good player, but nonetheless, honestly, as soon as I saw that hit, the first thing I thought of was last week's picks. <laughs> <It's the> first, <laughs> it was the first thing I thought of. Like, holy crap. I'm like, John called it. Now, again, he did come back and play the game, but nonetheless, you called it. And then secondly, you also called that the Browns would score 34 points. And they did. So I think I think what uh, I was uh, I was a touchdown off. Did I, did I say 34-10? You said 34-13. Oh, so I was four uh-huh. points off. Man. Mm-hmm. Or no, right they there. got 20. So I was a touchdown off. Yeah, they got 20. Yeah, they got 20. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I said I said 32-17. That wasn't exactly crazy off either, but you you, you almost nailed it exactly right. So, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, I give you Nostradamus, uh, the one and only, <laughs> making yeah, his, making his uh, second week here uh, on the show as far as uh, this new title goes. Uh, so uh, that's a good job out of you. Well, um, the records now. All right, so the record, here's where the record stands. So last week, John uh, went a very solid 10-5-1. Now, yeah. I meant to ask you about that, this tie. Do we just leave it as a tie so we know it's there? Do we count it as a loss? As a, what do we do? Just count it as a tie? Uh, uh, count it as a tie. All right, we'll just keep it on the record. Okay, it's a tie. So you went 10-5-1. That's a solid week. And we look at Chuck's picks. <laughs> that sounds promising. Then I went over here. I looked at Chuck's picks. Chuck was eight, seven, and one. Not great. Not great. So 
uh, I'm hoping to bounce back this week. So sore week last week. You had a pretty solid one. That puts the totals. I am at 28, 19, and 1. You are at 33, 14, and 1. All right. You, you got me by five right now. So I, I really need to bounce back. I'm going to need to uh, really recover here, if you will. So let's move on to this week's picks. And uh, by the way, if anyone's listening, if you want to get in on these picks, you, I mean, granted, you, you're obviously going to be behind a couple weeks on the overall picks, but I'll put yours up against mine and John's picks each week. Uh, just either go to Chuck Talks a Lot on Facebook. Go ahead and just post them to the page. I'll see them there. Uh, Twitter, at Chuck Go Browns. You can just tweet them at me. I'll, I'll add you to the list or send them to the email. Uh, ChuckTalksalot at gmail.com. Best way is probably social media if you have it. It's the easiest way because I'm always on there. Uh, I'll definitely see it. But however you want to get them to me, get them to me. And uh, I'll read your, your, your picks on the air as well. Maybe uh, okay. we'll uh, we'll put together some uh, some prizes or something along those lines. Yeah, we put something. Yeah, for like each weekly winner or something. So if I get any responses from you guys, you send them to me, dude. Okay, we got you. We'll come up with something if that's something you guys want to get into. So, uh, by the way, share this link to this podcast so other people can get in. Shameless, shameless ask and plug. There. Shameless so, plug. Yeah, that's right. All right. So this week's picks. Let's get into these babies. Okay. First up, we have tonight's game. Yeah. Uh, which is a big yikes, which I'm looking on my schedule here. For some reason, it doesn't even show on here. They don't even want us to watch it. Oh, there it is. Okay, never mind. I found it. We have the 0-3 Broncos at the 0-3 Jets. I mean, holy cow. These two these two teams look like straight dumpster fires. The Broncos maybe had a chance to be somewhat of a team, but, you know, Drew Locke went out, and they have looked real bad since then. So now they're so – uh, third string quarterback is starting tonight. Um, they're Broncos. Yes. Third string quarterback. Yes. Um, their head coach, when he made the announcement this week, also said their backup quarterback, who was the starter after their starter got hurt, um, he might play. So. <laughs> oh, well, that's promising. Uh, quite a ringing endorsement for the guy starting <laughs> the game tonight. Um, yeah. So you know exactly how that's going to go. Um, and then, yeah, it's that kind of play against uh, the Jets that are led by Adam Gase and Sam Darnold. Yeah. So Wow. So football at its finest. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to go with Sam Darnold and the Jets in this one. Where is the game? Uh, it's in New York. I'm going to go Broncos, man. Ooh, okay. All right. I think Adam Gase has got one foot out the door, and it's not by his own volition. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I also think Sam Darnold is bad, but... Uh, oh, he is bad. Yeah. Man, the Broncos are bad. I don't know. I, look, coin flip. As a matter of fact, the spread is... Not, there is no spread. It's even. It's a pick em. So I think, to be fair, I think the Broncos were somewhat uh, touted as a, as a contending team yeah, maybe this I year. I agree. With, but they also lost Vaughn Miller. With Drew Locke as their quarterback. So now, I mean, yeah, it's a quarterback league and this and that. But, I mean, if they can find a way to pull something out of their ass tonight, I can yeah. see them easily beating the Jets. I agree. I'm going to go Jets. Just add it up to another loss for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, next game, we got the Colts. The 2-1 and one Colts going into Chicago against the undefeated 3-0 and o Bears, who also went to their backup quarterback last week in another win as they brought in the one and only almighty Nick Foles, who just – Loves to show up places and be a backup quarterback. Seriously. Um, but 
boy, that's an interesting game. It's in Chicago. Colts 2-1. and one. They've looked okay. I mean, Phillip Rivers has looked okay. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm going Colts myself. Yeah, I'm going to go Bears. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that that uh, well, the Colts also lost their starting running back um, for the season. I don't know if that was before last game or it happened last game. It was before. Um, it was the week before last game. Yeah, I can see, I can see that getting away from from Philip Rivers and and him getting baited into mistakes. So I, I, I'm leaning Bears on that one. Okay, fair enough. So this is either a chance for me to fall further behind or catch up because for yeah, <laughs> two two yeah. picks, two opposite. Uh, next up, boy, this is another fun game. The Jaguars, the one and two Jaguars, travel to Cincinnati to play the o two and one Bengals. Wow, um, big yikes there. Well, I will let you pick this one first. Uh, I mean, I know which way I'm going anyway, but I'll let you. I'll let you go first. I'm gonna go Bengals on this one. Yeah, same here. I think this sets up a good opportunity for Burrow to get his first win and. Um, I think he's trending in the right direction as long as he stays on the field. Yeah, I agree. And I think with the way he came back in last week and the way they almost finished that game and won it, um, he really won over his teammates. Uh, I saw a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. on social media. You know, his teammates are definitely behind him. So, yeah, he's definitely trending in the right direction. He's already won over the locker room and his teammates. I mean, I did see something funny where I forget who it was. It might have been T. Higgins, his uh, new receiver. Uh said that uh, if anybody hurts Joe Burrow, he wants to fight him. <laughs> and the very first comment was, guess you want to fight your entire offensive line then. Ouch. <laughs> I was like, yay. Pal, zing, good one. But So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going Bengals as well. Uh, next, we got the Saints. The one and two Saints traveling to Detroit to take on the one and two Lions. Lions got their first win last week. Really, the Lions should be two and one if – Swift, the running back, catches that pass two weeks ago uh, in the end zone to hit him right in the hands for the game-winning touchdown. But that's neither here nor there. The one and two Saints against the one and two Lions. I can tell you right now, I'm going Saints. Yeah, I think that's a no-brainer. I, I don't think the Lions are good at all. They're they're not. So, Matt Patricia. Matt, speaking of people with one foot out the door. Yeah, I think the Saints just. I know that they they lost. They're running. They ran into a buzzsaw in Aaron Rodgers. They and, did. I, they did. And, and they're losing a couple players. I, I think that they're just a significantly better team, even though the Lions have shown promise, so right. to speak. Well, and I think Michael Thomas is coming back this week as well for the Saints. There so you go. That makes all go. the difference right there for them. Um, okay, then we have the, uh, as you talked about at the top of the show, the 3-0 and Seahawks going into Miami. Miami. The Dolphins, shout out, Patty. Uh, Seahawks going into Miami, <laughs> take on the Dolphins, who are 1-2. Uh, I'm not going to beat around the bush much on this one. I'm going to go Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I mean, Seahawks that's is a pretty, that's, is a pretty uh, safe pick there. Pretty, pretty safe to say. Uh, Seahawks. Sorry, Patty, by the way, I did the shout out because she's a Dolphins fan. Uh, sorry, but she's all converted Browns fan. Let's let that be said. Uh, yeah. Next, we have the uh, whatever city they play in Chargers going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One and two are the L.A. Chargers playing against the 2-1 and one Buccaneers. Interesting game, uh, kind of, but I'm going Bucks. Yeah, Bucks. that just, it was sort of a, an inst- like a gut reaction on that one. Um, yeah, I think they're I, finding I would, their way a little bit. Yeah, but I would not be surprised in the least if the Chargers pull that one out. Or Herbert to get his that, first big win. 
Yeah, I think they could catch fire. I mean, they almost beat Patrick Mahomes. They really did. You're right. You're so right. So I, I can see them if they, if yeah, if they catch fire at the right time, um, I think that they they're capable. But I, I still think that the Bucks will will get this one. Yeah, I agree. I agree there. Next up, we have the Ravens. Ugh. Two and one Ravens who just got boot stomped last week by the Chiefs. I mean, you hate to see it. Uh, going up against the Washington football team, who we just beat. Washington's one and two. Baltimore's two and one. I hate my life. I have to take the Ravens. Yeah, that's just let's carry on the conversation. Yeah, uh, on we go. Uh, next one. This is a. I think this is an intriguing game. You got the Cardinals, who have looked absolutely incredible uh, at times. Uh, two and one. The Cardinals going up against the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Panthers are one and two. Uh, I don't know. I guess kind of in the same mode of all that. If the Panthers were at full strength, I'd think more about it. They're not. I'm going Cardinals. Yeah, I'll go Cardinals on that one too. I just, I think the the Panthers lucked out with that win this past week. Yeah, um, I agree. And I just think that the uh, Cardinals are are a better operation at this moment in time. They are. They're looking like they're. I mean, Kyler Murray doing his best impression just just looking like he's going to be the real deal we'll see but he's looking good so far mm-hmm. um next up the uh another couple of un or i should say winless teams the minnesota vikings zero and three go into houston to take on the texans also zero and three the houston texans who have just had an absolute gauntlet of of games yeah. i mean they have played easily the hardest schedule um you will ever see to start a season uh, which, by the way, real quick, throw it in here because I forgot to mention it. The Cleveland Browns have the easiest remaining schedule for the rest of the year if you go by last year's standards, which means absolutely nothing. Okay, sorry, I just don't want to forget it. Uh, <laughs> Vikings, Texans, I'm going Texans. Yeah, I think Texans get the, get off the schneid. Yeah. Um, I, I Again, Minnesota is just garbage. They look um, so bad. And Houston hasn't looked great, but... Again, they ran in, they, like you said, it was a gauntlet of, uh, I think the, the combined record of the three teams they played is eight and one. Yeah, I mean, so, it's ridiculous. I mean, and that one loss was the Chiefs for the Ravens. Yeah. So it, it's, was that right? Did I get that right? I think played so. The, Raven, the Ravens, yeah. the Chiefs, and the uh, Steelers. Steelers, yeah, yeah, yep, mm-hmm. that's correct. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's just, I mean, no luck for the Texans so far. No. Um, Tough sledding. I, I, I think the, the the Vikings come in at the right time for them. <laughs> yeah, I, they much needed. Uh, speaking yeah. of the scumbags, we got the Steelers uh, this week taking on the Tennessee Titans. Both teams 3-0. and The game's now, in Tennessee. Can you, can you check that again? Because that might have gotten postponed. Oh, you're right. My mistake. It has been but postponed. I, so now I don't know if it got postponed until later in the season or yes until... yes they announced okay. that today they I, i'm glad thank you for reminding me they they did bring that, that up today they were talking about monday or tuesday and then i heard some conversations today that they might just they have a, a mutual bye week type scenario um where where the steelers and the titans would shift their bye weeks so that they could re they could play a game well from what i understand somehow. they haven't they haven't announced it nothing official yet but okay. how what it looks like is going to happen is the this game so this is going to count as their bye week and then right. during the Steelers and the Ravens have the same bye week so they will then shift it to 
the week before when the Steelers and the Ravens would play, the Steelers and the Titans will play that game. That will then be the Ravens' bye week. And what was supposed to be both of their bye weeks, the Ravens and the Steelers will play. I mean, if at you least can, it, sounds a lot, it, it sounds a lot simpler than it could have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it does kind of work out. It's still a little bit of a crazy train to follow, but yeah. So you're right. Obviously, we're not picking that game. Uh, I'm glad you said that. It says right here on my screen, postponed. I don't. Uh, I mean, far be it for me to pay attention to that. Uh, I didn't know. All the details, <laughs> so that's why I had to ask. I'm glad you did. All right. Uh, then moving on, we got the uh, New York yeah, Giants. The O and three New York Giants. Whew, they look bad. Going into L.A. to take on the Rams. Real quick, I'm taking the Rams. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's keep it moving. Yeah. Giants looking real bad. Uh, the two and one Patriots go into Kansas City to take on the Chiefs, who are three and zero, as we mentioned. Now that, my friend, is a game Sunday four twenty five game. Uh, I'll be watching that right after I watch the Browns beat the Cowboys. So that's going to be a good football game. I'm very excited about that game. Um, woo! Uh, Patriots and the Chiefs. Wow. Uh I mean the Chiefs have to lose at some point, right? I don't know. You would think. I'm going Patriots. Yeah, I'm still going to stick with the Chiefs, but I see your point. Um, I I can see them stump stubbing their toe, but I, I just don't think that the Patriots are good enough all around this year to 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 do it. Now again, I say that as the, the Chargers almost beat them a couple weeks ago, um, but the Chargers' pass rush is was essentially what kept them in that game. For sure. Um, I don't know if the Patriots have much of a pass rush. A lot of their best defenders opted out of the season, and they've kind of clawed, scratched and clawed their way to a win this year thus far. Um, it's going to take a lot more than that to beat the Chiefs, in my opinion. That's a very, very fair point. I, I actually shouldn't write down Patriots here. I should write down Belichick's. I'm just putting all my faith in, <laughs> I'm putting all my faith in Bill Belichick I mean, coming that, up with something. And that's fair. I mean, he, he could figure out a way to beat the Chiefs, and, and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Well, I look forward to watching that game. Uh, that'll be a good follow-up uh, to celebrate the awesome Browns win. Um, yep. Okay, uh, next we have the Buffalo Bills traveling to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. 3-0 and Bills in the 2-1 and Raiders. That That's an intriguing game that as well. That should be a good game as well. Yeah. That should be a fun game to watch. Uh, I'll, let, I'll let you have the honors here. Bills or Raiders? And it's in Las Vegas? It is in Las Vegas. Man, I think I'm going to go Bills. Okay, fair. I'm also going Bills. I uh, now they they stole a win this past week, so that they sure did. record that three and zero record could be a little bit misleading. Um, but I mean they're playing with house money, so yep. I mean that that I didn't mean to use that. There was no pun intended on that <laughs> going into <laughs> Vegas. Um, <laughs> I didn't actually mean that, and it just clicked. Um, but I, I genuinely believe they're playing with how they're playing loose and they're, they're just like, you know what? Nobody expected us to be three and zero. we've got nothing. Like we could walk out of this game three and one and we'll still be fine. So yep. I, I, I see that being a, a huge uh, advantage for the bills. I agree with that. And I also just, uh, uh, I'm not a fan of the Raiders coach. I just, he drives me bananas kind of, I don't know what it is about him, yeah. but Anyway, okay, uh, we're so we're both going Bills there. Next up, you got the 0-2 and one Eagles 
traveling to California IA to take on the Niners, who are 2-1. and one. Uh, I mean, the Niners' entire team is hurt, and I know they still rolled last week, but they also rolled against one of the worst teams in the league in the Giants. Uh, the Eagles have looked bad. Carson Wentz looks like he just started playing football. I don't really know what's going on over there. Even though they're down all the players, I'm going to go Niners. Yeah, I'm going Niners, and I think this is a, a, a Joe Burrow-type performance from Carson Wentz because like, he's, he's another one that just can't seem to stay healthy. For sure. Can't seem to stay upright. And that Niner, I know that Niners' pass rush is, is beat up, um, but, I mean, they're, if they're skilled enough to get to him, they can force him into a lot of mistakes and force him into a, an early exit if, if he's not smart. Yeah. And I think, uh, that, I think yeah, I there's a very strong likelihood of that. Yes, for sure. Carson Wentz can't stay on the field. And even when he's been on the field this year, he has looked less than pedestrian. And um, I know, like, in, in Philly, there there are a lot of fans that are calling for Jalen Hurts already. So. Oh, absolutely. It's only a matter of time. I mean, I don't know that Carson Wentz is going to make it through this season if he keeps this up. If they don't win one yeah. of these next couple games, it's only going to be a matter of time. Yep. Um, last, no, not last, well, before we get to our, our, our Browns pick, uh, Monday night game, we have the Atlanta... No idea how to hold a lead Falcons going up against the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I'm not messing around. I'm obviously going Packers. Uh, yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah, no no, uh, no arguments here. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is on a mission, and the Falcons have no idea how to win a football game. Zero idea. So uh, with that, of course, we'll move on to my favorite moment of the week when we do the podcast, the Browns pick. Browns. Going down to Big Dallas, the the line currently is Dallas minus four and a half. So mm -hmm. the Browns getting four and a half. I look at that as in the Browns are getting one and a half points because you got the yeah. three points for the home field, right? <clears throat> right. So that means to me that even the odds makers think that this is a pretty evenly matched game, and I am gonna have to agree with them on that. So we already covered why I feel the way I feel about this game. So I don't need to. Go into that, but I'm obviously picking my Cleveland Browns to win the game. And I'm going to pick the final score to be 38-28. I'm going 38-28, Browns. And, uh, yeah, I've already covered why. I don't need to get into it. Uh, go Brownies. John? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to uh, uh... – Agree. I think that the Browns will, will come out with a win. I'm not going to pick against them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll let you guys know the first time, you know, we're going to um, not pick against the Browns. We'll see how that goes. It's funny, anyway. it's funny that you picked the score that you did. Um, not that I'm picking an exact score that you did. I'm just shifting a couple points. Um, okay. I'm going with the Browns 36 and the Cowboys 30. Okay. All right. So we're right. I mean, we were pretty much that close last week. In our points picks, I said 32 yeah. 17, you said 34 13. So we're in the same ballpark there uh, again. 36 30. Look, either way, that would be a tremendous football game. First of all, we'd come out with the win. That means Baker has at least probably three touchdown passes uh, in this scenario. And, you know, Chubb maybe has a couple of his oh, own. So Chubb can rush for five touchdowns. Oh, I hope he does because A, I'd be just as happy because we won. Also, I have Nick Chubb on like every fantasy team that I'm involved with. So. <laughs> Uh, it'd be it'd be absolutely amazing. That would be great. So, all right. And speaking uh, of fantasy, shout out Patrick Mahomes for helping me with a, <laughs> yeah. a thirty-seven point comeback victory on Monday Night Football. 
Yeah, and thanks for helping me absolutely go from 0-2, the one league I'm doing bad in, 0-2 in the league, going up against uh, a 2-0 juggernaut. And Heinz, you know who you are if you're listening. Heinz got waxed by Team Chuckwagon. Uh, and a lot of that was because of Patrick Mahomes. So I, I'm with you. Big shout out to big <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. For... We, Patrick Mahomes, we know you're listening. I know Patrick Mahomes is listening. Big fan of the show. Uh, so, yeah, there's our picks. That's our stuff. Um, and listen, the Browns are going to win. Uh, promise you that that's what's going to happen we're going to be having victory monday is going to be a very good feeling uh, i'm not trying to count my eggs for their hash i'm just trying to be positive and i'm trying to trying to will it to happen I'm trying to will it to happen so uh we went through all of that we did not even make it to the tribe yeah that's fine I, i'm kind of happy that we didn't um because to and i don't know if you want to keep going um but to that point i i get into a little uh debates with some friends that they they kind of criti- criticize me for being so optimistic about the browns uh-huh they they say things like you know how can you support a team the way you do after all the stuff we've seen and like the incompetent act acts and and all that and, and it's like you know you gotta you, it beats the alternative right like you know you, you have low expectations for the browns you, you get pleasantly surprised from time to time and you have fun with it um but I'll call myself out for it. I'm I am the alternative when it comes to the Indians. So um, with with great expectations come great criticisms, and I have plenty of them for the Indians. And we don't have to talk about them if we don't want to. So. Well, I gotta say we have to. I know that this, that means this episode is gonna run a little long, but I can't just right. leave this go. Uh, we have to talk about the Indians. We have to talk about them for the fact that they're out of the playoffs now. So. I guess we'll just touch on that real quick. First, let's touch on the series before we talk about my feelings on on the future. The series was obviously an absolute train wreck. Um, you know, I actually got into a Twitter debate with the guy going into game one uh, where he said, hey, look, you know, Indians, if you can get five or six runs tonight, you stand a good chance. And I'm like, five to six runs? Bieber's on the mound. We don't need five to six runs. Well, uh, obviously I was incorrect. Now, doesn't mean I'm mad so at Shane Bieber. Else on the planet. Correct. You're right. I mean, obviously, no one saw that coming. Um, Bieber's been absolutely untouchable, and he got hammered in his very first playoff start ever. So, you know, I saw where CC Sabathia was talking about it, and he went back to talk about his first playoff game ever, and he just said, it's just different. Uh, the first time out there, it's a tough one. So, look, Bieber had a tough go of it. It sucked. And then you go to last night where – the bats uh, did show up, but again, pitching let us down again. Two games in a row, the one thing you never thought would happen would be the Indians pitching would let us down, and it absolutely did, and it cost us two straight games, and it took us out of the playoffs. Uh, I'm disappointed in the fact that we didn't have Tito on the sideline. Um, you know, we had Sandy Alomar trying to do his best, his first time being a, the, the, the manager of the team. I don't think it went super well. I don't blame a lot of it on him, though. Uh, I mean, he can't make Shane Bieber pitch better. Uh, He can't make Brad Hand uh, not give up walks and then two runs in the top of the ninth. I mean, 
I understand he's made some mistakes along the way this season, maybe not pulling guys soon enough pitching-wise where he did with Bieber's one start, uh, things of that nature. But I don't know that that played that much of a role. I will say the Yankees obviously had a really good game plan going in. Uh, I think the Indians just did what they do, which, you know, as far as just not coming up with big hits when they could get bigger hits. But obviously that game last – I mean, who would – who? Raise your hand if you had money on Giovanni Urshela hitting a grand slam. I mean, it just was incredible how it went down. I'm super disappointed. Uh, I'm more disappointed in what I think the future is going to hold. But, John, I'll let you reflect back on the series before we move on to that. Um, I mean, you kind of – you touched on a couple of my points. Um, I could probably spend a full hour going over um, from a, a, a deeper baseball perspective. Now, I don't claim to be – a baseball expert and like I, I I just I'm fascinated enough by the sport that I pay attention to the little in the, the little things that that come up in in every game and and how games are played and managed and strategy and so I'm just that I'm just fascinated by that and I pay attention to the little things um so I could I could easily go an hour uh but the game plan itself was was kind of the the point I wanted to hammer home um Indians pitching has relied heavily on swing and miss stuff throughout the entire season, throughout the better part of their careers, for that matter. Like, you know, Brad Hand and and Shane Bieber and those guys, they they rely on swing and miss stuff. And the Yankees are a very patient and very disciplined team. They force pitchers to throw strikes with their swing and miss stuff. And then they sit on fastballs and they prey on mistakes. And that's exactly what happened. Shane Bieber couldn't throw his off-speed pitches for strikes, so they knew they could sit on fastballs. And and to be fair, the fourth pitch of the game was a home run by Aaron Judge in game <laughs> one, and he didn't even wait for an off-speed pitch. He knew he was coming with a fastball on the first just to, to get ahead in the count. Um, again, I'm falling into the baseball strategy behind it. But <laughs> um, so that that was the, the big point. I, the Yankees had a game plan, and the Indians didn't know how to adjust to it um, with yep. respect to pitching. And by the time that they made any sort of consideration to adjust, uh, the, the cat was out of the bag and it was a little too, too, too little too late. Um, and as for the offensive side, look, I know they scored three runs, which is normally all they need when Shane Bieber's on the mound in game one. And then they scored nine last night, which I, I'm pretty sure if you look at their record from this past year, maybe even Tito's entire career in Cleveland – um, they haven't lost many games where they scored nine runs. <laughs> no, I'd like to see that number. Um, I should have looked that up because, I, I mean, but um, it still doesn't ignore the fact that your four and five hitters in that lineup went a combined 0 for 17, I think, in the two games. It's incredible. I may be, I may be ex- hang on, I, I saw the stat. It was between Frankie. Now, I'm, I'm including Frankie in this, even though he's a leadoff hitter. But I think between Frankie, um, Carlos, and Fran Mil, I think they went a combined one for 17 might have been the stat I saw. But anyway. So in, That's in, tough. In a two, yeah, exactly. And those are three of your primary bats in that lineup, three guys that you count on. Um, they, you could have told me that those three guys, outside of seeing the box score in the lineup, you could have told me they weren't there and I would have believed you. Yeah, um, they didn't even take the field. And that's the big problem. There was three guys in the Indians lineup in those two games that were any sort of 
relevant, and that was Cesar Hernandez, Jose Ramirez, and Josh Naylor, of all people. Um, <laughs> right. I don't want to keep going down the critical aspect because I, I could, again, I could talk for hours, but situational hitting is just something that this team doesn't know how to do. Um, they're, they're, they're a big swing and miss pitching staff. They're a big swing and miss offensive staff, and those swings and misses only work for teams like the Yankees when you've got six guys in the lineup that are capable of hitting 30 home runs a season. The Yankees, one through nine, each one of those guys can hit 10 to 20 home runs on an easy an easy pace in a, se- in a full season. No doubt. Um, the Indians don't have that kind of luxury. They have a lot of uh, – they have good power with a few bats. That's about it. And they can't rely on that every single plate appearance. And the, the one thing that, that just – it killed me last night is – You've got your your. Uh, actually, it might have been in game one. The Indians were down two runs. They had two runners in scoring position with two outs. Carlos Santana's at the dish. He's swinging like he's trying to hit a three-run homer, and it's like you don't need that. You have a you have two runners in scoring position. All you have to do is get a base hit. Those two runs are coming around. All right, and you got a tie ball game, brand new ball game. And his approach to the plate hasn't changed. Fran Meal's approach never changed. Frankie. He seemed lost. I mean, he just seemed like he was trying to do too much at the wrong time. Um, Tyler Naquin's lost. It, it was just – I said a lot more than I planned on saying. <laughs> That's okay. Um, That's all right. This is – I mean, we're going to be wrapping was, up our tra- uh, tribe yeah. talk for the season after this. So, Yeah, it was just so frustrating that, that poor game planning, poor approach, poor adjustments were the reason. I mean, you, you were in both games legitimately. Like it could have swung either way, you know that that uh, that triple that that set off the Gio Urshela Grand Slam inning. Um, it, Delano DeShields slips in the outfield turf and goes over God. his head. It's a triple, two walks, Grand Slam, brand new ball game. Like that's all it took. Um, the Indians couldn't capitalize in the same manner. They couldn't. They, the mistakes that the Yankees did make, like they got to Garrett Cole pretty early. They did. Garrett Cole gives up nothing. Like he's he he pitched like Shane Bieber was expected to pitch. Um, so it it was frustrating that they couldn't capitalize on that because Shane Bieber got shelled. And then you know last night Karen Check gives up only the second home run his entire season, and it has to happen with bases loaded in, in a in a playoff game. And then Brad Hand can't get an out in the ninth inning when you have a lead, and it, it's just that the Indians couldn't capitalize on the, the advantages that they did get. And the Yankees capitalized on every single one, it seemed. Yeah, absolutely, every single one. And that was every time a guy comes up to the plate, you're just – like, I could feel it. I'm like, this – he's going to come through right here. And they're pit, The Indians pitch scared, and they yep. they, they hit uh, they hit scared. Yeah, and that – you're just – again, then that's the outcome you're going to get. The outcome you're going to get is what we saw. Mm-hmm. So – I mean that that's it. I mean I I don't know what else to say about that series. Everything that John just said uh, is true, and that's what it is, and that's what happened. And here we are. Here we are, bounced from the playoffs again. We've lost eight straight playoff games, uh, and it sucks. And what sucks about it more for me is uh, what what the future is going to bring. You know, everyone in Cleveland, of course, in classic sad sack Cleveland fan uh, fashion, is ready to kick Francisco Lindor out of here. I don't know if it's because they just think they know for sure that he's going to get traded. I don't know if that's what they feel so that they make themselves feel better about it by, you know, saying, well, good, I don't want him here anyway because just because he hasn't hit that well in the playoffs. But I don't even care. Whatever. You want Francisco Lindor gone, that's fine. 
keep wishing it. I hope he signs here and plays here forever. I love the guy. He's a top five player in stinking baseball. Say what you will about it. Um, just because he's had some struggles in the playoffs. I mean, so did some of the best pitchers in all of baseball. I'm sure you wouldn't want to get rid of them either. No, anyway, no. To, to that point, what did Frankie say after the game, or today, excuse me? Yeah, so the only uh, the only thing that I saw was, of course, he was asked if he'd want to stay in Cleveland, and of course, of course. he said yes. I mean, what's he going to say? But I didn't hear the whole question. The question was posed something about, um, you know, do, do you think that the, the Dolans would be able to afford to keep you here? And his response was, of course they can afford to keep me here. It's a billion-dollar team. There's no problem for them to afford me. And I was yeah, like, that's, whoa. That's a shot fired type situation. Yeah, and I love it. I love every ounce of that. That's awesome, and I'm glad he said it, and it's the that's the truth. So I want you know, him here. My, my, my take on the future, and, and this is something else that sort of frustrated me, and I'll try to be as brief as possible. Um, it – We've had eight straight winning seasons. We brought that up. We've been to the playoffs five of the last eight years or whatever the figure is. We've had a lot of fun over that time, for sure. Um, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to harbor this question a little bit or, or hold back a little bit because I'm wondering, are, is the, are the Indians front office members, are they comfortable with this kind of season? ending in October, even though it, it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't have the satisfaction of a championship. Are they comfortable with that on a consistent basis? Or are they like, are they willing to, you know what, screw it. We're just going to go all in. We got to win a championship. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm feeling like it's the, the, the former. I don't think that they're interested in, in dropping everything to win a title. If they can have continued success, albeit marginal. And that, that's right. what scares me about the future. It's like, you know, we don't want to put all our eggs in the Frankie basket because we're worried about the, the rest of the team. Well, if Frankie Lindor is one of the best players in baseball and he has a chance to lead a team to a world championship, you make that work. Your, 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 um, your farm system's amazing. You've been able to prove that. Like, make the, the concessions to work and win a championship because it, it is so frustrating to have these expectations every year and say, you know, they're in a full 162 season, you know, they can win 9,500 games and then fizzle out in the playoffs. And it's like, well, is that better than, I mean, yeah, it's better than going 75 and whatever. Right. I get that. And cause it's going to bring, you know, the, the, the more success is going to bring in more fans in, in theory, but how disappointing is it that, you put all these resources together and you sell this team the way you sell it and say, we're making these moves to win a championship and it fizzles out at the end like this because you're ill-prepared because you don't have the, the firepower at the end of the season when it matters. Like in 2016, they pulled all the right strings and they made that push for a championship. It just doesn't feel like they've done it since then. And, yeah, and that's, that's what concerns me. That's a fair statement. And I, I agree with it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer, of course. I, it, feels but... like it feels like they're comfortable in the, uh, on autopilot. Right. Like, let's, so long as we're this good, people won't hate us. Well, as we see, I don't know how true that is. but uh, it's frustrating. It, yeah, it's just frustrating. But, yeah, my main concern that I'm concerned with when it comes to the future, uh, you can add that one to the list now because I didn't 100% think of it that way. So thanks for that. Uh, but, Sorry. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, I mean, look, it's going to – there's – Look, Brad Hand won't be back. I don't think anyone's brokenhearted about that. Carlos Santana probably isn't going to be back. 
I am a little sad about that. I'm just, I like Santana, but that's a whole nother discussion. Either way, he's probably not going to be back. Obviously, as you just said, the Lindor thing is the Lindor thing. I don't know. If I had to pick right now, is he going to be back? I uh, Unfortunately, I have to say no, but we're going to let that unfold and see what happens. I hope Lindor's right. back. And is Same. Tito Francona going to be back? I don't know. Yeah, that's, who knows on that? Yeah. That's obviously a health thing, and I just wish him the best more than anything, and we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. And then lastly is, are we even going to be called the Cleveland Indians next year? I mean, I, I don't know. That's a whole other situation that we'll dig into that and however much we want to. Not that I necessarily want to because that can be its own detriment. But um, yeah. either way, uh, I just hope uh, that – I don't. I'm not looking for a rebuild, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, right, right. I, I don't want to just all of a sudden tear this down. I have to go three years of crap. We still have Shane Bieber's coming back next year. He's still going to be arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, still got a great rotation. Still yes. got a, a pretty, uh, an up and coming bullpen. Um, you've still got great players. I mean, technically, Jose Ramirez and Frankie Lindor are, are still on the team next year. And That's those right. Those two bats are very important. And, and you and, still have, and you have other, now you have Naylor and Fran Mill. Naylor and, there. Fran Mill's going to be here for a while, and and you got to figure some. Hopefully, you get pieces like Zimmer back on track, and and those guys. And you might you've got pieces there. It's just a matter of of you. Know, we, hopefully, Cesar Hernandez is back. I hope um, he's back. My goodness, he's because he's a question mark, but he's he's proven himself this well, year. As far as I'm killed concerned, it, killed it this year. So, and Delano um, DeShields can hit the road. I'm sorry, but. Yeah, that's, that's a, a whole other story. So. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. we start talking about that, we'll be here for another hour. I know we've already gone for an hour and 20. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's about, you know, that if we, we want to talk more about Indians as news unfolds here, as the season moves on, we will. But I think that right there will kind of be our tribe wrap-up for now. It's too depressing. I don't want to talk about it. We <laughs> want to move on to good stuff. We want to keep it the good vibes going. Good stuff. Our brownies. We want to hear stuff like this coming. In the shotgun, he's got Hunt on his left hip from the two-yard line. Play clock is at nine. Takes the snap on second down. He's in the pocket. He's going to roll right. He's going to roll and throw. Harrison Bryant caught it. Touchdown! And the rookie tight end gets his first touchdown reception of his career. That's what we need. I want. I need Brown stuff. I need Browns dominating. I need to be pumped. I am pumped. I can't freaking wait for Sunday's game, man. I cannot yeah. wait. I am excited. Give it to me one more time. Give me this one more time. All right, with that, I'm ending on that note right there, baby. Here we go Good again. Job. Good job out of you. I'm super pumped about it. I can't wait for Sunday. So, guys, everybody, thanks for listening. Appreciate you showing up again. We'll be back next week. Uh, as I stated throughout of it, please get interact with us. Give me some more feedback. I love to hear it. At Chuck Go Browns on Twitter. Chuck talks a lot on Facebook. I share I share the link. I know you all see it. Please feel free to share it for me. Help me out a little bit. Subscribe on your favorite platform, chucktalksalot.com. You can subscribe there. Uh, you know, help me out. Do it. And uh, again, enjoy it. Uh, I thank all you guys for listening, I should say. Thank you very much. Uh, greatly appreciated. But just reach out, man. Give us some feedback. Give us some content. I'd love to get you guys part of the show a little bit more than you already are. So that being said, John, Miles, Y'all take care over there. Miles must be Miles. out. We, we haven't heard Miles in a long time. 
I'll like a light. I knew it. He must have been. So, all right. Take care of yourself. Everybody out there, thanks again. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And as always, like I love to say, don't look down on someone unless you're helping them up. We will see you all next time. Take it easy. Bye-bye.